Live from Chicago IL, this is the Bears and Beers podcast where we talk Chicago Bears and Beers. Today we talk Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears, week 13 at Soldiers Field. I am Walker. Joining me today, as always, CZ and Flipka. Welcome in, boys. What's up, everybody? Good morning, Chicago. Hey, it's snowing out there, guys. It's bear weather, as they call it. Bear weather. Bear weather has never worked for us I'm at all. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what bear weather is anymore. Yeah, bear weather is when I end up going to a playoff game or a, a week 17 game with UCZ or Flipka and have frozen beers and the bears lose. That's bear weather. Bear weather is also maybe drinking myself into oblivion because they're so dreadful to watch right now. Oh, that's the only fun part about I'll the Bears right now. You, buddy. That, might yeah, be beer, that might be beer weather, not bear weather. Beer weather. And, and we're excited today for later in the podcast, Fuka is going to take us up to K-Town. And K-Town, for everybody who doesn't know the lingo, is Kenosha, Wisconsin, at the border where the rivalry lives. We should have done this one last week when we had Bourbon County, but he's going to take us to Kenosha Brewing Company later on today for your drinking pleasures. Fellas, so today we got the Bears 5-6. and six. Lions are four and seven. The Lions, they cleared house last week after that debacle on Thanksgiving. They lost 41-25 to the Houston Texans, and they're definitely in flux. They got rid of Patricia, you know, the, uh, the uh, pencil behind the ear guy, you know, has some respect in the uh, press conference room. You guys remember that, uh, that uh, press conference they had? And they got rid of the GM. Meanwhile, the Bears have Nagy and Pace, and they remain quiet. Who's in a better position right now, the Bears or Lions, with the moves that they made this week or didn't make? Flipka, do you mind if I take a stab at this? Please, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say the Lions because they got rid of the two idiots that are running their organization, whereas the Bears have not. The Lions actually have a proven quarterback in Matthew Stafford. The Bears do not have anyone behind center. Um, The Bears have a, a better defense, I'll say that. But in the looks of it, it's some of these defensive players are, like, missing practices now with crazy injuries that have come up out of nowhere. Um, so from the looks of it, it seems like the Lions, the players, and former players have all applauded this move to get rid of Patricia and their GM. Um, so maybe they're going to be more fired up to play and prove that, like, Patricia's an idiot, whereas the Bears kept their guys. Um, we still don't have a quarterback, and our offensive line is in shambles. Um, so I'm going to say the Lions are in a better position right now going forward, as crazy as that is to say. I'm with you, CZ, and I can't believe I'm saying that either. But, I mean, the Lions actually have a quarterback, and we don't. So yeah. that's one of the biggest pieces you need um, as a team, obviously. Everything everything is grown around that quarterback, and we still do not have a quarterback. So, you know, if, if the Bears end up firing um, – nagging pace and there's a, a head coach looking around the league um for a new job you'd have to look at the lions and say well at least i have a quarterback <laughs> so 100 yeah, and a pretty good running back yep yeah, yeah. Well, luckily it yeah. looks like today, uh, deandre swift will, be, oh, will miss the game he's doubtful you know so the bears might uh you know this on paper is a game the bears should definitely win with everything that happened with the lions this week and losing swift but as you mentioned cz there was a bunch of weird injuries that, that kind of popped up this week, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And after what Nagy said in last week's press conference, at, at a post-game press conference, 
where he kind of he came out and blamed the defense right away. For you know, the Bears have the eighth best defense as far as points uh, allowed this year, and they have a thirty-first offense. So for Nagy to come out and to instantly you know throw the defense under the bus, even though the defense played like shit last week, we know that. But there was a lot of a lot of mysterious injuries that popped up, and so we might be starting to see that divide and a little bit of a civil war inside the Bears locker room. Well, I just don't understand. Listen, the defense did not play great last week. We, we all know that. Anyone that watched that game knows that. Anyone that was on the field knows that. The defense did not play well. Now, you know, uh, Tony Dungy said, made a comment after the game that, you know, it looked like the Bears defense had quit. I'm not going to go that far. Um, you know, they obviously, they, they didn't play well. It is what it is. Um, but for Nagy to come out, how the defense has played this entire year, and have they been great? No, but they've, they've kept the Bears in every game. And for Nagy to come out and, and put them on blast in the press conference, considering how this offense has played, it, it, it to me was inexcusable, right? Like, he hasn't once called out the offense in that form. You know, he said, oh, we need to get better. We need to get better. But he's never once, like, basically put the offense on blast. And to do that to the defense, I think whatever his motives were behind it, I think they're going to fall on not only deaf ears, but pissed off ears because those defensive guys are going to be like, how dare you say that to us when your offense can't even score three points a game? So I, I, I'm with you. I think it might start causing, if it hasn't already, a pretty big divide um, in that locker room. Yeah, and to me, this is the first time that I've really seen Nagy flustered in the press conferences, almost like he came out there thinking that he had to say something controversial um, to maybe get get the fans rally behind him. And I, I truly think that it's going to backfire on him. Um, you talk about these mysterious injuries that are popping up now. <laughs> and uh, you see players starting to make what, what you might call business decisions. Um, you're, you're coming down the home stretch here, and everybody knows that basically the coach and the GM are on the hot seat right now, right? Um this is really going to tell me who likes Nagy as a coach, to be honest. I mean, if they come out and they, they play their asses off and they destroy the lions, I mean, you can see that maybe these guys want him to stick around because to me, the only way that Nagy and Pace stick around for another year is if they make the playoffs this year, I think anything short of that, they're both of them are gone. Would you guys agree with that? A hundred percent. Yeah, it, so, seems like it, it does seem like it, but, you know, you know what, finish your point. I'll, I'll say why I don't think so for a second. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I think you're going to start seeing that, in, and this is what you see with losing teams down the stretch. Obviously, the guys that are in the playoff hunt, everybody's fighting through injuries. They're trying their asses off to get on that field on Sunday to be there for their teammates. When you have teams coming down the stretch where there's uncertainty with the coach and the GM, um, and you have an injury that's kind of 50-50, maybe I can, maybe I can't. Like we saw last week, I, I think with Akeem Hicks, he decided right at the end, nah, maybe I'm going to sit this one out. So you're going to see that left and right on this team. Yeah, and no reason I would say potentially not is, is the economics of football right now because, because of no revenue coming in. The salary cap next year is going to shrink. They're saying maybe by 10%, and we know how cheap the Bears are. So all of a sudden pay – a, uh, you know, Nagy's, you know, final year or maybe two years of his contract and Pace's final two years of his contract, 
that maybe that wouldn't come up this year, but that's just because of other, other factors, but on the field and, and what our roster looks like. And also to my point, I guess, uh, I guess it contradicts myself a little bit. The fact that, that um, Pace went out and spent all that money on Glennon years ago and all this money on Foles and for the GM, they have to go into McCaskey's office and justify those two signings. You know, that, that those would be death knells for him. But then you don't want to sign a new GM and have Nagy as a lame co- duck coach for a year either. And look, yeah. at, look at what Mike Lennon is doing right now, man. He is an absolute stud, and we let him go. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. The Bears, old Bears resurfacing at uh, different spots, right, CZ? Look at what look at whose pace has brought in as our quarterbacks. Glennon, Trubisky, and Foles. Yeah. That's who he spent the money on. And if, yeah. if I'm an owner, I'm looking at those three moves, regardless of what other like Khalil Mack, any of those other moves drafting Roquan Smith, I'm looking at those three quarterbacks. And I'm gonna say you're instantly fired because of that. Yep. Yeah. You brought and those three guys in. With uh with not having anybody in the pipeline. Like this is the time during the season when you would say, you know what, let's give the guy that we drafted in the fourth round last year or the fifth round this year, let's give him a shot right now mm-hmm. with live bullets to see what he can do. And maybe you, maybe you unearth a gem, but the bears don't have that right now. And it's frustrating as a fan big time. Yeah. Right. And you don't want to see Tyler Bray come on out there. You know, that that's just insane. That, that, that's the only other potential answer is Tyler Bray. Well, he's been in the league for eight years, for God's sake. And he's taken, like, five snaps. What a great life. I mean, what a great life. Think about the amount of – what's the league minimum? Is it, is it 800000 the, the minimum for the league? Yeah, a little less than that. I think it's about seven hundred, maybe now. Yeah. Just sitting around making seven hundred grand, holding a clipboard, and all of a sudden he's got to go in. That one game's like, wait, I got to go in? I got to play? Can we, can we – like, right, we're, we're on this quarterback conversation right now. The, the quote that Trubisky had – He's been saying that for four years, right? After the game, he said, what did he say? Basically, I have to go watch some more film. I can't be making – I can't have the turnovers. Like, dude, you've been in this league for four years. Yeah. And you're still saying the same thing about, like, making the, the mental mistakes and, and forcing the ball and making turnovers. Like, you can't be saying that anymore, man. Like, yeah. that's, that's what you say when you're a rookie. <clears throat> yeah, to me, that's, that's a cop-out when, when quarterbacks start just – immediately going back to turnover ratio yeah like that isn't that isn't everything um when you're a young quarterback you try to force the force the ball into places and you make some dumb choices and interceptions happen but that's how you learn and to me to to have that pop up now is just it's inexcusable yeah Yeah, i sent you guys about that text yeah go ahead cz i said i sent you guys that from Dan Orlovsky, who, you know, he wasn't a, a stud quarterback in the NFL, but he played for a while and made some starts and things like that. But about when he broke down that play by Trubisky and just like how awful his footwork is in the pocket and why his throws are inconsistent. And it's crazy that in four years that hasn't gotten any better. And again, it either falls on Trubisky as being a complete idiot and he doesn't know how to fix it or the coaching staff not being able to devise a plan to fix that. Um, you know, you got a, a, an ESPN reporter or, you know, an ESPN analyst able to break that down. And we have all these quarterback gurus we're bringing in on our coaching staff who can't fix that. Well, we knew, we knew he was raw to begin with. And John Fox, when he inherited him, knew he was raw. 
And John Fox devised a scheme, you know, basically the one game is Carolina. I remember he was a rookie. Maybe he threw the ball eight times. I mean, he, he just knew he, he, he had to, you know, use um, uh, training wheels with him. And then, you know, you have Nagy come in and to not develop him at all or not realize that he couldn't be developed quicker. You know, and that's and to me, it is what it is with Mitch. He is what he is. But as a coaching staff, that's an indictment on, on Nagy for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So I'm today today's game actually. So this is a different pregame because I think we're looking at a, a much different, you know, bigger level, higher level situation with the Bears here. But you know, on paper, do you guys agree this should be a Bears victory? I mean, the Lions, everything they've gone through in the last week and losing their top running back, you know, at home, this should be on paper a Bears victory. Agreed. On paper, yeah. Well, I say defensively we have the advantage. I said, but I don't know if we have the advantage truly on paper just because of the stuff that's happened in Detroit. I mean, offensively, I think they have a better offense than we do um, because our old line, you know, played better last week with the the changes that were made. Um, But we're still not great there. And I go back to the fact that we have no quarterback. Yeah. So, um you know, but our defense, if our defense plays the way they're capable of playing, then yes, on paper, we should win this game. But, you know, who knows what it's going to look like. Um, I think it's going to be a, a, a pretty close game. You know, the, when we played at the beginning of the year, it was obviously a close game. They lost. The Lions had a chance to beat us, um, except for a drop by uh, their running back, Swift. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I see another close game just because our, hopefully our defense will keep us in. Um, but we're going to need to score some points for sure. Yeah, Bears are favored by three in this game. Overrunner is 44 and a half. This is one of these games that unless you are you are gambling on the game or a Bears or Lions fan or you have somebody in your fantasy team, I couldn't imagine why to turn this game on if I was just a casual fan. This game's gonna be ugly to watch. Um, you know, it's really this, you know, terrible two two terrible teams going nowhere. The Bears are still only a game out of the playoffs, but that's just a um, that's false hope right there. And uh, I think the Lions are gonna win. You know, so I said on paper. That this should be a Bears victory, but I think I think we're seeing an implosion. You know, the Bears are five and one, and I don't think they're going to win another game. I think they're going to finish five and eleven. Flipka. Yeah, as much as I want to say that they're they're going to lose, I I do think they'll squeak this one out today. But but if if they get destroyed at home by the Detroit Lions, I think you could see some moves being made today by George McCaskey. To be honest, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Walker. I want to hold out hope that the Bears will find a way to win this game, but I'm, I, I just have no confidence in our coaching staff or in our offense to score enough points. So, unfortunately, I'm going to say that the Lions are going to pull this one off. Um, you know, it, and it, it sucks to say that, right? But you got to, at some point, be realistic. And they just, it doesn't seem like we have the capability to win these games. Um, so. What kind of reception do you think this team would would get at home if fans were uh, in the stands? This oh, week? dude, it would be it would be all ugly. It, it would, would be, be ugly. absolutely brutal. It would be yeah, yeah. Well, Nagy would get booed off the field as he ran out of the tunnel to start the game too. Yeah, yeah. And there's really nothing likable about this team. You know, it's like, it's like we love Mac, and Mac hasn't really had that flashy play this year. He's played well all, all together. The Bears' best player has been Roquan Smith, but. 
You're right, Flipka. I mean, if if, the, if we were able to go out there to Soldiers, you have a nice tailgate with some few beers and uh, get out there, especially if you had a few too many beers before the game started. And, uh, you know, when they took that field, there would not be one cheer. There would not be one cheer. No, and you're, yeah. you're right, and we texted about it last night that this team is just not like a likable team anymore. No. The coaching staff's not likable. The, like, and, and it's funny, right? You go back to 2018 with pretty much the same players and, this, and obviously the same coaching staff. Um, and they were like a fun group to watch, right? You had the, the crazy booms that Nagy was unleashing and the dance parties and the weird plays. And, and it's just – and listen, when teams are losing, they cannot be fun to watch. But there's still times when teams are losing. You're like, man, that's, that's a good group of guys. They're out there busting their butt. They're just not that – this team is yeah. – is, not fun at all to watch and they're not they don't seem like a bunch of dudes that you'd want to have a beer with <laughs> honestly what the hell went wrong since 2018 what? i think adversity, I mean, adversity happened in nagy and then nagy obviously doesn't know how to deal with adversity you know he had I mean, a little my bit God. And yeah that's it like i honestly we were we were talking about it yesterday but i wouldn't have even minded passing up on mahomes and and Watson, if we had 2018 Mitch every year, who was slightly above average, but if he had that year in and year out with our defense, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care that we passed on two Hall of Famers. But to go from what we had in 2018 and the fun and and just the excitement around that team to just dog shit after dog shit here and just a downward spiral, I mean, that move by pace in the draft – to not only pass up on Watson and Mahomes, but to trade up one spot and give up what he did to draft who he did, he needs to be fired immediately for that. Yeah, that's a fireable offense for sure. Yeah, it was absolutely terrible. And, and I, I don't know if I agree about, about not caring about losing those two guys, Watson and Mahomes, but I also don't think that um, the Bears, we talked about this too off podcast, but the Bears would not be able to, to – to have the success that Watson Mahomes had. Mahomes was extremely raw, and Andy Reid, you know, is a coaching guru, for, and that's legit. And uh, I, I have no confidence that the Bears organization would have been able to develop these two guys. What do you guys think about that? Well, that that's the thing, right? Like, if we would have drafted Mahomes or Watson, and, that, and we, we, we texted about it last night, right? Mahomes was the raw project. Like, who, who would have known? And did we have the guys to develop him? I'm not sure Watson would have needed much development, right? The guy was beating Alabama, who was pretty much an NFL team. You know, yeah. he, he was successful out there. And um, Flipka mentioned it, right? A fireable offense because you pass on those guys. But not only pass on them, but the draft capital that you've given up. Insane. And I texted you guys about it last night. They said he, between the David Montgomery, Anthony Miller, and um, Mitch Trubisky trade, or Mitch, Mitch Trubisky draft, they gave up seven draft picks wow. just to move up to those spots to draft those three guys. So seven draft picks plus the three actual picks that were used, you, you gave up basically ten picks for those three guys. Well, they I moved mean, up to get Leonard Floyd too, yeah, right? Th that's, that's nuts, dude. Like, you can't do that, especially when you're in – and what they were when Pace took over. You're, you're in somewhat of a rebuild mode, and you're giving up pick after pick for, for guys that aren't you, – you're not – giving up picks to get, you know, Peyton Manning. You're giving up picks to maybe Trubisky or David Montgomery. And David Montgomery might be a good running back at some point, but to give up picks to get to him or Anthony Miller, like, we know how it is 
in the NFL draft, right? It's not like the NBA draft where in the first two rounds, that's where you get your studs. And after that, those guys never make it. The NFL, you find guys in the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round that become big time players for you. And we're giving up those picks <clears throat> for, for guys that have amounted to shit. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. You have to protect that draft capital and you have to start getting the comp picks. Like we finally got some comp picks this 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 last draft, and that's that's been the secret sauce for the uh, for the Patriots and Packers for years. And really, just that those that draft capital is gold, you know. And like to give up well, a fourth we, round pick for Nick Foles, for example, you know, it, it's just it's 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 obviously amateur hour up there at Hallis Hall. That was our compensatory pick right there for Mike Davis, that we okay. flipped for Nick Foles. So. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Way to use it wisely, you dipshit. <laughs> yeah, get a nice statue out of that one, right? So I, I could just I could just hear Ryan Pace too saying, "Well, you're gonna have conviction on the guy. We all had yeah. conviction on him. We had to go get our guy." No, you know what? Have a list of four or five guys that you could take in that slot. For example, in the 2017 draft when they drafted Trubisky, you still had three quarterbacks on the board. You had to trade up one spot when you could have just waited there and taken. Yeah you know, the, the best mm-hmm. out of the three remaining. I mean, it well, just and here's the thing. If, made no if sense. by chance, yeah. if by chance you're one of those, all three of those quarterbacks disappear, which they wouldn't have because you were picking third, um, you could have taken Jamal Adams. Yeah, he's exactly. a defensive player in the draft. I mean, it's not like you, like you either take Trubisky or you're stuck with freaking, you know, some piece of garbage. Like you had opportunity to like, hey, maybe I don't get my quarterback in this first three picks, which again, we know we would have. Um, but you're going to get a stud safety and then you can get your quarterback in another quarterback in the second or third round. It, it, it's insane. Yeah. He's like, remember like that he's year too. Go ahead, Walker. I just say he falls in love with this guy and he'll do whatever it takes and he gets tunnel vision and he's willing to mortgage the future for whoever that guy is at that time. Yeah. And he put up a $20 million smoke screen before that draft by signing Mike Glennon. You put it, you put up the smoke screen, you're sitting at number three and then you go ahead and give up two first round picks to move up one spot. I mean, yeah. I don't know. And the fact that they had <laughs> poor Mike Glennon was at that draft party at soldier field. Too, yeah. Thinking he was the <laughs> franchise quarterback and then when they traded up and took Trubisky he looked like a freaking dope there. They just oh, yeah. laid him Definitely out. Not communicating the here's the, here's the thing, right? Like, how low did they have Watson rated? Again, I'll take Mahomes out of this, right? Because he, he was groomed by, by Andy Reid. Yeah. You know, once he went to the Chiefs. But how low did they have Watson graded that they, that Nagy thought, like, shit, I, or not Nagy, Pace thought, shit, I need to trade up to number two to get Trubisky? Because, to me, I'm thinking, all right, if I stay at three and Trubisky and, and Watson are rated pretty much the same on my draft board and the 49ers somehow take Trubisky, I'm, I'm going to have a, a pretty damn good quarterback. Like, do they have Watson as that low of a, of a NFL quarterback talent that they wouldn't even – that they thought they had to do that? Well, that's a direct indictment on scouting then if that's what they, if that's what they really thought. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I wasn't – too high on Watson until that national championship and the way he led that team. Um, I right then and there, I think we, we were texting about it even back then. It was, all right, he's my guy now. Yeah. If you're going to take a quarterback, that's gotta be him. And how about the press this year, guys, the inactives, Artavius Pierce, 
Uh, Simmons, the left tackle, a uh, right tackle, McCullers, nose tackle, Riley Ridley sees the Riley Ridley back to the bench, and Vaughters, outside linebacker. So, so Pierce, you know, uh, Flipka, still no chance for Pierce to get any looks, and Riley Ridley sees the both back to the yeah, bench. It doesn't make any sense. You know, this makes sense. Two guys that you drafted, and, you, and you're not letting them get any time in, in truthfully – Say what you want about, like you said, Walker. Like it's a, these playoffs are a joke, even if we make it. But um, you have two guys. Like why not freaking like you said, flip about like face the live bullets. See what these two dudes can do, man. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it, it does look. Uh, Team Hicks, Allen Robinson, Khalil Mack are all active, and uh, rookie Travis Gibson is going to be active the first time since Week Four. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how the Bears come out today. I think this conversation we're, we're having right now. We're going to have this conversation for the next few weeks about the Bears and how we're going to look into the future. Uh, but for today, yep. I think all three of us today. I, I, think, I digress. Yeah, I digress. <laughs> but, you know, it's going to be an ugly game there on the lakefront. Hopefully the snow is good. And uh, so we'll, we'll see you on, on, after the game for our post game. Our I am interested to see how – real quick, Walker. Easy. I am yeah, interested please. to see how the uh, – I am interested to see how – the interior offensive line plays again, you know, in the second week of the move with Mustafer, um, you know, flanked by White and Bars. I'm interested to see how – or White hair and Bars. I'm interested to see how they play. Because for the most part, they, they did a, a decent job last week. I'm not going to say it was great, but they did a, a better job than what we've seen. Um, yeah. so I am interested to see how they play, you know, their second week in that, in that format, in that position. It would be it would be good to see them get some continuity in the old line with some younger players as well, and to see if we can we can gel something together for the future, and then oh you know figure out how to loop back in Daniels for next year. Obviously, uh, it would be great, yeah, and then sure. we're gonna we're gonna need to draft heavily in the old line um, next year. Um, so absolutely, yeah. we'll see. All right, all right, go ahead and walk around your sponsorship. Yeah, going to the sponsor Augustino's Rock and Roll Deli, Carroll Stream, and West Chicago boys. I just want to read something here. This is underneath their legends, they call it. New York-style corned beef, seasoned and cooked in-house. This classic is trimmed, steamed, and sliced thin before piling it high on your choice of onion roll or classic rye bread. You can choose regular stone ground or white Dijon mustard. How does that sound to you, CZ? My mouth is watering right now, and I just felt myself put on three pounds just listening to that. So uh, I'm good to go if, if we can get some of those going. You got to get those going. And this one's for you, Flipka, a Flipka favorite always. Augie's world-famous Italian beef. This is the stuff our fans crave, Augie says. Oh, yeah. Our slow-roasted Italian beef made in-house, tender and flavorful. Flipka, would you take a five-inch? For five ninety nine, or do you think a large beef for eight twenty nine? Uh, I take four large beefs uh, <laughs> and three large fries and an Italian ice to go. Do they DoorDash up to Kenosha, Wisconsin? Is my question. They, they damn well should. They damn well should. Now we'll get we'll get Jerry on the phone. Lipka has always been known to take more than five inches, though. So I mean. That's a sick puppy right there. That's a sick puppy. <laughs> so, that was, so, but yeah. true. What? <laughs> so we got a couple, a couple of, uh, couple of favorites there. Classics, the legends, excuse me, at August Augustino's Rock and Roll Deli, and Carol Stream and West Chicago Brewery of the Week is going to be featured today by Mister Flipka. Flipka, take us up to K Town for the Brewery of the Week, my friends. 
Uh, the brewery of the week this week would be Kenosha's very own Kenosha Brewing Company. Pretty creative uh, name. It's, excuse me, what did you say? I said a very creative name. Yes, it's very creative. <laughs> it was the old Bull and Bear establishment. Before that, it was Brewmaster's Pub. Okay. Um, th this is a is a nice casual place for you to come in. Um, they do breakfast on the weekends. They do lunch and dinner. Um, and then they brew their beers in-house. And, yeah, anywhere from the uh, barley wine to the uh, Euro Pale. Beautiful. And the beers and the Dunkelweizen. I mean, they, they, they really have their, their stuff in order up here. Yeah, so hot skip is spectacular, isn't it? Hot skip? Oh, okay. it's phenomenal. Now, is and this after the... you're done dining, you can take a growler home as well. Oh, so perfect. They really, they really have their stuff together up here. They really do. Now, is, uh, so is this the old Brewmaster's off on E, or is this the one downtown? No, this is the one off of 80th Street and I believe 39th Avenue. Okay, I remember the one, the the old one is where we had our uh, when we graduated. We had a little a little party out there at that one, way on the yes. outskirts. Yes. That one we did, and we uh, did have a, a beautiful hey, Terry, back then. Is is this Kenosha Brewing? Is is Chris Goches tied into this in any form? Yes, sir. He is the owner, um, and I believe that his brother Nick. And his sister Elena run this establishment. Good, oh. good people. Chris Goch is a, a for, Chris Goch is a former uh, business partner of of our of our Walker. You know, so they go way back. Yeah, yeah, so if you guys are friends. looking for some some good food and some great beer, head on out to Kenosha Brewing Company. Kenosha yeah, Brewing Company. Can we, we swing by for a basement bender afterwards? I absolutely. Next time we're in K-Town, we'll, uh, we'll check it out for sure. So this week's uh, featured brewery is Kenosha Brewing Company, 4017 40, 80th Street in Kenosha, Wisconsin. If you're in Kenosha, you call it K-Town, my friends. Beer, so, uh, beer, uh, stories of the week here. We're going back to Bear Stories, not Beer Stories, oh, Bear Stories. And being a Chicago Bears fan for life, and uh, this is something I'm teaching my six-year-old son, and my uh, little girls is that you're always going to love the backup quarterback in Chicago. It's never going to be about the starting quarterback because the, the backup quarterback gives you some kind of hope. So today we're talking about our favorite backup quarterbacks. And Flipka, if you want to go ahead and start us off, who is your favorite Bears backup quarterback in memory? My favorite Bears backup quarterback is Josh McCown. Oh, great. McCown. Yeah. He came. He came in for an injured Jay Cutler uh, that season. I can't even remember what year it is. They they all just blend together for me. So if you if you know which season it was, chime in, fellas. Maybe two thousand seven. No, no, two thousand something else. But yeah, whatever. Anywho, <laughs> he took over. He took over that offense, and I believe he threw thirteen touchdowns and only three interceptions. Um, and this is a guy that's been bouncing around the league forever and I thought at that point because Jay Cutler's contract was up at the end of that season they had a choice to make right do you do you sign McCown to maybe a you know middle of the road contract he'll be your guy or do you re-up Jay Cutler and give him the world 
So they had a big decision to make in that offseason, and they decided to lock up Cutler for the long term. Yep, and I think that truly, that truly was a, a mistake at the top at that point. Um, I thought McCown was a great fit for this team. He was a great leader. I mean, at the podium after every game, he's a stand-up guy. His teammates loved him. Um, so to me, that will forever be my favorite Chicago Bears backup that never quite made it to the starting role and stuck on. Yeah, and and and, and flip uh, before we get to CZs, I just want to mention mine real fast because he kind of he kind of uh, loops into McCown a little bit here. So mine is Kyle Orton, and Kyle Orton, the Bears drafted in two thousand five out of Purdue. He was a quarterback who came after Drew Brees, and Grossman got hurt in that two thousand five season, the preseason, and you know Orton started fifteen games and did a, a pretty admirable job, and then you know they rushed back in Grossman, and we know how that season ended in the, in the playoffs. New Super Bowl, obviously. And then, you know, we had times, you know, 2008, 2008, he starts 15 games for the Bears, 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, a 79.6 rating. Not great, but what the Bears needed with that defensive lobby. And that's when the Bears went out and traded for Jay Cutler. And the next two seasons, he has 21 touchdowns, 20 touchdowns, and minimal interceptions. And I remember – you know, Brian Urlacher, you know, being very vocal about, about Orton and how Orton was the quarterback for the Bears and should have been the quarterback for the Bears, was not on board with the Cutler trade. And that seemed just to fracture that, that locker room right away. And I really would have been curious to see what the Bears, um, how, they would have, how they would have fared with a Kyle Orton, if they were committed to Kyle Orton with that lovely defense and that special teams. He is exactly what the Bears needed. And they just, they just let him go because they wanted the hope, the hope of, uh, you know, the big right arm, the big right arm of the candidate of Jay Cutler, which never, never uh, really worked out. That's a great pick, buddy. Kyle Ortman, as they yep, were called. Yep, Kyle Orton. Yep, so we got Kyle Orton and Josh McCallan off the board. CZ, who you got? Well, you guys have left me with me having to pick like kind of like more of a joking type things because you guys took the oh. two legit backups that the Bears have had. Those are more fun seasons. Right, Go for them. Well. Um, Go for them. So, I mean, there's, there's a plethora of, you know, you have your Matt Barkley who played in that spectacular game where him and uh, Colin Kaepernick put together about four yards of total offense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. You have Henry Burris taking over the, the reins. Um Steve Walsh, you know, all these these studs, you know, Chad <laughs> Hutchinson, Craig Krenzel, oh all these names that when you hear them, you're like, how are the Bears not winning with those guys at quarterback? <laughs> but if, I, if I'm rolling with Craig Krenzel, I mean, you got to think like that Super Bowl or bust. Um, I am going to go, though, with Jim Harbaugh, because if you recall, Mike Tomczak right. was the starter for those teams. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like that flip-flop thing where Tomczak would be in there and maybe get banged up. Harbaugh would come in. Harbaugh would play pretty well, then he'd throw a shitty interception. Tomzak would go back in. So he was the quasi-starter, quasi-backup guy, but I'll go with Harbaugh. Um, just because I've always been a fan of him as a quarterback captain comeback when he went to the Colts and everything. Um, so if I can't pick Craig Krenzel, I guess I'll go with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, that's a good pick. And there's another, another guy the Bears, you know, just didn't commit to long-term. They should have committed to that guy. He ended up having, you know, those nice years in, in Indy. And, um, you know, things could be different. I, I sort of – Read off a couple of these names we're looking at uh, who started for the Bears, you know, since let's say since 1990. Will Fear, oh, Peter Tom Willis, Moses Moreno, Henry Burris, 
Here is the worst quarterback in Bears history, and maybe NFL history, Jonathan Quinn. Remember Jonathan yep. Quinn? Oh, he my was, that's God. That's a six-foot-eight acquisition from the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, Jason Campbell, Jimmy Clausen. I forgot about Jimmy Clausen. Jason Campbell, Captain. Jason Campbell was Captain Captain Checkdown. Checkdown. Captain Checkdown. Todd Collins, the guy who came into the NFC title game and shit himself. Oh, my God. Chase <laughs> Daniel, Brian Hoyer. This is just insane. It's insane. So, anyways, as we, as we mentioned before, these are Bears podcasts that we'll probably be talking about as long as the McCaskies and Sweaty Teddy are in uh, – are in office, and, and I, I also want to uh, give a shout out to CZ. CZ had a funny little little uh, trip to Wikipedia last night and changed Ted Phillips over to uh, what did you say? One of the two lines you changed over that the Wikipedia kept up for a while. Sweaty Teddy has single handedly uh, sent the Bears <laughs> into a, an abyss with his GM moves, and then I put that he uh, is hated by all Bears fans. Yes, and, and, and uniformly West needs to be fired at the end of the season. And Wikipedia came out and got you. But it was up for a while, so good work, CZ. And Bears and Beers uh, fans out there, make sure you try to try to uh, influence Wikipedia with the Bears, uh, McCaskies, and Flip, Tell Phillips. It's always good good fun. So, as always, you can find Bears and Beers on Twitter, Bears and Beers 4. You listen to us on Spotify and Apple or wherever else you listen to your podcast. And we will be back for the uh, post game. So go Bears, fellas. Go Bears. 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 We're out. <laughs>